To the Eagle Eye podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought I had an audio issue. Why did you guys not tell what me you guys going were gonna on? do that? <laughs> Dylan, uh, I, mean, I guess you I know. can edit this part out as no one's watching yet. But <laughs> no, we gotta keep that in. Okay, I can. Uh, well, uh, if if it's not no. one thing, it's another, right? Honestly. I thought I had an audio issue. I was hearing double. I was like, holy crap, guys, stop, stop it, stop it. Me too. I, I rushed. I rushed. Okay. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 48, and even though we had that weird introduction, we are here to break down and talk everything. Las Aguilas de la America, as always, we're going to preview everything we have in store for the Liguilla, and then, of course, we're going to break down that 4-1 result over Veracruz. These gentlemen seem to think that it was the result of the week. I happen to think otherwise, and we'll we'll talk about all of that and see why I'm still a bit concerned about the team going into this league. Yeah, but without further ado, let me introduce my co-host as always, Christian and Mr. Cowboy Dan. How are we, gentlemen? I am oh. doing very well. Oh crap! No, Yo, listen. Good, man. Wait, well, he said my name first, so I thought I would go first, but <laughs> no, you good, man. No, you good. Thought, You're right. Thought, You're right. I thought this how this worked. I know. I I said. I stepped over your thunder, man. You good? I understand. Uh, are, are you still on vacation? No, I'm not on vacation. Mm, okay. Says, well. says the guy who is not willing to put his camera screen on right now. Hey, yeah. You know what? You you're know what? Not... By, you're definitely by a beach right now, and you're just not like showing <laughs> us. I'm at work. I told you all this. <laughs> if I hear DJ Cali going and another one while handing you a mimosa, I'm oh. gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be calling HR. Yeah. <laughs> I never got my gancito for getting that one prediction right. Oh, guess, guess. hey, season's not over. Just. Yeah, season's not over. Yeah. <laughs> oh and shit! How close was I to that four nil? How close? You were close, like were like close. three times this season. It's ridiculous. And it wasn't in the penalty, to be honest. Oh my goodness! All right. Anyways, yes. I am doing very well, though. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Cowboy, then well, we already know how you're doing right now, living it up. Yeah. You can say that, I guess. I have to, I have to live with the. Y'all know my, y'all know my predicament. I'm, I'm exporting this video, and it's mm. slow for my laptop right now. Hence, why we told you guys last week he was filming a music video with Rick Ross and Little Baby. This is what he's doing right now. He's exporting it to the world. Yeah, if only you so. can see me shake my head in shame right now. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I wouldn't say shame. I don't know why I said shame. It would 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 you have been up for it if like Piojo did like a cameo in that music video with you guys? Oh, I I, I talked to Piojo. I told him I was like, "What the hell are you doing at America?" I was like, "But you want to make this cameo appearance?" <laughs> and, and you know what? That's funny because a lot of people are are pretty frustrated with the fact that kind of Piojo has kind of these kind of outside adventures. Yeah, yeah. People, I know. I know he took a picture with that boxing belt. Mm -hmm. I know people were kind of like bashing him about that. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, the guy's living his life. He, oh, he's he, he's a human being outside of his job. Yeah, like I I don't understand the hate to be honest. But I mean, everyone everyone's got their own right. I'm I'm not criticizing anyone for for criticizing him. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to see it from a different perspective. Right, I agree. 
All right, gentlemen. Well, we got so much to talk about. We got the big party going down this week in regards to La Liguilla. And then, of course, we have this Veracruz game that we're going to break down and talk about the good, the bad, and possibly maybe a little bit of the ugly. And we'll, we'll, we'll break all of that down. And then, of course, we have another trivia question. <sighs> we're getting closer to the to the end of trivia now. Yeah. It's crazy to think that next week we could be announced. Hopefully we don't. But next week could possibly be the last podcast of the season. And I hope it's not, but that's what it's coming down to. And it's that time of the year. Knock on wood, because we do not want this to be the last one. But all right. Shout out to everyone who is here watching us right now. Mr. Chris 45, our good friend, Mr. Carlos Serna. All of you, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to be discussing, like I mentioned, Veracruz. And then, of course, we'll talk Liga Toluca. Whether or not they're the perfect opponent coming into this, and whether or not there's even a weak link in this Liga side, because I tend to argue that maybe not even Querétaro's that weak of a team coming into this Liga. But without further ado, let's jump into what happened last Saturday in the Estadio Nemesio Diaz. That's right. Mm -hmm. America didn't play on home turf soil, as we predicted. Uh, actually, no, not, not as we predicted. As our good friends down at the Resaca Americanista gave us kind of a quick insight and was going down there in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Uh Speculations was that it, the game could have been played in Veracruz, but then, of course, the game got moved over to Toluca. Um, it was kind of a bit weird. I, I didn't really feel at home, and I mean, it felt more like an away game for both teams, did. really. It did. And it was even weirder because you saw the vast majority was America fans, and even though the crowd was – the atmosphere was kind of was great, in that sense, it still didn't feel like a home game. I don't know. It was just a weird, a weird vibe. Yeah. It was very weird. Although I would happen to say, what was it? Almost a full sellout. Almost, not quite, but it was almost. But I mean, the atmosphere, like you said, amazing. Uh, and and the fans showed up in numbers. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the main reasons is because too, there's a lot of Americanistas in Toluca, mm -hmm. and you also have to remember that Toluca from Mexico City is not that far of a drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So should be interesting to see uh, whether or not uh, whenever we do return there on Thursday, whether or not our fan base will be able to show their true colors again uh, so so early, too, within the week. Oh, yeah. We're going to need it. All righty. Dylan, give me kind of uh, your quick summary after the final whistle blows against Veracruz. Of course, that match ends with a 4-1 result to our Aguilas de la América after that. Then we'll talk about uh, whether or not you guys thought the team actually looked ready for Ligia. But Dylan, give me a quick little recap of what you felt after the final whistle. Well, 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 it looks like well, Dylan is... He uh, left us to go with DJ Khalid again. I told you this would happen. Why don't you listen to me? What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know how my internet is. I'm sorry. But mm -hmm. I said, I said, um, I said, new stadium still missing penalties. Nice. Oh, nice. yeah, that is true. Still missing penalties. Although, I, was anyone surprised? No. 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 Especially no. when I, especially when I knew Cecilia was gonna take it, Heck I yeah. said, "Hell yeah!" I, I said, like, "I'm not gonna watch this." I'm because I was, I was holding in, like, because I had to go to the bathroom. I saw the penalty and I saw who was gonna take it. So I said, "Never mind, I'll just go right now." And then, funny enough, he missed. So. And and I think I, I I was talking to you Dylan uh, before we started that uh, just when when he did the run up when he did the run up I already knew like okay he missed it already. 
I mean, I mean, okay. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I was tweeting the first half, so like, I tried to give it hype, but like, I was like, I just know deep down it's gonna be missed. So I don't know why I even tried. I think the ref should have just gave the red card and just instead of giving us the corner. Exactly. Probably. Which quite controversial. Not really controversial because it was actually a very good call on the VAR. Uh, with with uh, the whole penalty incident, the mano, and then of course the red card because he was impeding a goal scoring opportunity and he was the last man, uh, which I I think was a very good uh, kind of round of applause for the referee team, uh, yeah. but I mean, kind of made the game just a little bit more easier for us, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I guess isn't in, in in any way a bad thing, but maybe you would have tried to see a little bit more fight from this Veracruz team. Yeah, you would expect yeah. that. Yeah, but obviously we didn't. And we'll get into that. Christian, you just a quick recap of how you felt after the final whistle. Mm, good. Um, set pieces once again were um, were key. Interesting enough, they they were two goals coming from free kick situations. We'll break those down, and then, uh, I mean, if the penalty would have gone in, that would have been another set piece, right? Penalties count as set pieces. I mean, the ball's put on the ground. It's dead, I would imagine. Probably not, but let's, let's just imagine. <laughs> okay. this yeah. All right, so let, let me rephrase that. Two goals coming from dead balls. All there right, you go. go. A dead ball yeah. situation. But, but, you know, it's a studio. So. But let's let's break it down because I have a quite, quite a couple of things to argue about this game. A lot of people will say that this was a very good showcase by our team, that we look ready for the Ligia, and... Uh, what I have to say in response to that is how is it that we're so confident after beating a very poor Veracruz side? Yes, Veracruz, we love you here in the Liga MX, but we have to admit this, this isn't the strongest side we've seen Veracruz put out. And then you have to think to yourself, and we'll bring up the stats right now, we shot, I don't know how many times that goal, and we had so many opportunities to score. We found the back of the net only four times. Yes, Two of those situations were through, like you mentioned, set pieces, dead ball situations. So that means the other two goals that we scored came from open play, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Now, Dylan, Dylan and Christian, you guys have the numbers right here in front of us, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll say them out loud just in a little bit. But you see how much opportunities we had. Yes, the goalkeeper had a phenomenal game, but you look back, and, and this could have easily have been a killing. And the fact that we put didn't find the back of the net puts a lot of worries in me. Now, Dylan, tell the people how many shots did we have that game? We the America had thirty-one shots. Thirty-one shots. Christian, how many of them were on target? Sixteen. Sixteen. You're telling me out of thirty-one shots that we took, sixteen were on target. That means that half of the time we shot the whole game was at goal. Now. Out of those 16 shots, you're telling me only four, only four went in. Mm-hmm. And two of those came from a dead ball situation. Yes. So now you're thinking, okay, what uh, what happened? Now the goalkeeper had two, three phenomenal saves that you just thought, oh, my goodness, what a save. I'm talking four at the most. Mm-hmm. So that still leaves me with about what? We said 16, four of them were goals. So now you're talking about 12. 12 four of those eight. were phenomenal saves. So now you're talking eight. Eight mm-hmm. shots. Eight shots that we should have converted. 
-hmm. at least half of those should have been another four goals. Yes. And the worrisome part about this is how many times did we say that we were so worried about America coming into this Liga like a year ago, exactly a year ago, when we had to play Toluca, uh, Cruz Azul in, in, uh, during Thanksgiving, where it was, score, it was just goalless, scoreless, and we couldn't find the back of the net, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, a lot of people think, well, that's over. We're, we're done. We found the back of the net. But my question is, yes, against a, a very, very weak Veracruz side in which we weren't able to convert more than four goals, which could have easily blew them out. Mm-hmm. Now you're going up against a Toluca side that's going to defend much better. Yes. That's going to play an even better game. So I'm I'm doubtful that we're going to have 16, 20 shots the whole game. Now my question is, if we weren't fine-tuned versus Veracruz, what makes you think that we're going to be very fine and very keen in our opportunities against a Toluca side? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you basically, you basically made your point there. Um, you, If you look at it too, you, like you said, you have two goals from set pieces. I mean... Yeah, you can kind of count Guidos in a sense, but I mean, I, I mean, look at it. It was just a bad play from Veracruz in that sense. He steals the ball, he takes it, uh, takes it a couple of feet, then shoots from long distance, and he finds it back of the net. I mean, are you re- I mean, I can see your argument if you make that. that like, yeah, you know, that's something you know that that we score on ourselves. But really, the only goal that we really let develop. I mean, you can even call that off of a bad play too. Is that Cecilio Dominguez assist to Roger Martinez? I mean, it's. It just doesn't seem like it still feels like it's there. Like it's still lacking a little bit. Because what did Roger do after that goal? I mean, he coming into the game, he's if I remember the stat correctly, I remember reading it. It's total eleven hours he spent on the pitch since his last goal. And like I legit thought he was about to go another twelve or twelve and a half hours if he played this full ninety minutes without scoring a goal. But he ended up scoring. But but still, I mean, it's just. You know, you look at the you look at the shots and you look at the the shots on goal. You know, obviously we can agree it's it could have been a massacre. It really could have, but it wasn't in the end. And you know, you got to wonder too what were some of this in the rest of the rest of the season too as well. And you also got to point out the other striker, Oliva Peralta. He was a ghost this game, in my opinion, at least. I did not see anything from him. Very little to no active when creating or developing a play um you know you can't you can't rely on someone like Roger too who has been very inconsistent this season as well so you add those elements together and i guess that's where you get your point ivan you know our finishing is just terrible we can't we can't finish these chances that we have in front of the net due to these strikers being so inconsistent and not being active during the game you know, I, I'm just thinking to myself, if someone's coming over here, like, ready to celebrate the America victory, we completely, we completely uh, just kind of ruined their mood. And and, mm-hmm. and it's not for us to not celebrate the win, because I, I, I agree. Uh, I think both of you can agree with me that when the final whistle blew, you were happy. I was happy the team mm-hmm. won. You were happy the team won. It's, at the yeah. end of the day, yeah. you're happy about the team. It's You're looking at it from a perspective of, of an analyst and, and, and you're trying to determine, mm-hmm. okay, how far can this team actually get? What have you shown me throughout 17 games that now you're going to be playing the playoffs and say, okay, I'm very comfortable going into this, or I'm very worried about going into a, a, a against a team like Toluca who granted may not be having the best season, but Hey, whenever, you, whenever someone plays against America, for some reason, they step it up times 10. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what you have to keep in mind as well when you're going forward and, and and yes, I, I agree with you, Christian. Uh, Oriol Peralta was non-existent for me this game. Mm-hmm, in, definitely. In, 
it's it, it's phenomenal. I, I, the way we're talking about this, it's it, someone would it's, be surprised that America found yeah. four goals. <laughs> but I think I think the majority of the fan base understands. I think where we're coming from. Our good friend Chris over here said that you know what, it should have been seven or eight goals, and he's right. It really should have been seven or eight. And I guess we're just, I guess, disappointed or. There's a word I'm looking for. I can't really think of it right now. But, like, we're just, like, we don't understand why we can't finish these chances against a weak Veracruz side, you know? And and, and I think you, you pointed out perfectly. These chances against a side just like Veracruz. Because Henry no had a No disrespect to Veracruz, by the way. No, no, no. Veracruz. <laughs> no, no disrespect whatsoever. But I remember Henry has a, a has a one-on-one. Yes, it, it's very close range to the goalkeeper. But you would imagine someone like that. All you got to do is just tap it into one side. Tap it to mm-hmm. one side, and it's a goal. But he finds a way to smash it into the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know what play you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, me- everyone's going to remember the goals, you know, and, and the huge, huge saves that the goalkeeper did, which, mm-hmm. I, again, they were amazing. But all these fine little moments, you think an opportunity missed here, an opportunity gone there. And I want to bring back to the point where, Dylan, you said that even the first goal could be argued as maybe uh, not that good of a goal. I, I think what we're trying I to mean, say is... Yeah, because you look at it, look at it. And like, the way they see the ball go, it looks like he's ready to sky it. I mean, he's, he's lucky he went over the keeper's head and he found uh, the top of the netting. Yes, and also what I want to break down to that is we we want this team to be able to play as a team and score as a team. The way I feel this team has played is dead ball, dead ball goals, like we've mentioned on set pieces, mm-hmm. and just long balls, long balls. Yeah. If if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that first goal goes beyond five, six touches from America. From what I remember is Emmanuel Aguilera throw, throwing a really long pass to Cecilio Dominguez. Cecilio Dominguez then running down, crossing it in, and then like you said, Roger scuffing it and still finding the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair assessment. Okay. Basically, so now what 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 do you say there? Well, one, Veracruz obviously left a lot of space for yeah, us to really score did. a goal like that. Two, you're not gonna get that kind of space against Toluca. And if you do, then you might as well be able to take your opportunity like that as well. And and you just you question everything about this team, even though yes, a lot of people will say, but you're second at the table. You're you're the team who scored the most goals. You're you blew out uh, Veracruz in the final game. It's 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 it's. Some people will say, well how, well, how come you guys are not content? And it's as simple as saying it's because it's America, and it's because we we know what the demands are here. They're high. The standards are high. Sometimes ridiculously high. Yes, I can agree to that. I I, I think sometimes we're very unfair. We're very unjust. Yes. But if the standards are there, we have to keep them. There's no way for you to lower the bar, especially coming into the Liga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's yes, we have to be critical. We, we, we have to be kind of defining every single moment and, and question, why didn't I go in? Why, why couldn't you put it in the back of the net? Why? You know, a lot of whys throughout this whole season. And I think we've all asked pretty much all of them. And whether or not, or if we're going to get our answer is whether or not uh, this team shows up for the Liga in the sense that the way we know this team can play. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it kinda, and we kind of assume that this team by now would have had a set style and all these like little errors would have been, you know, find out ready for Liga. But like you say, Ivan, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's not worry, worrying so much to the point where we're going to be like, Oh my God, like, are we really going to lose to the look on Thursday? It's more like, um, 
if we have a big chance in the game, are we confident that we're going to capitalize on it? Because be, because this is the Gia, like you said, it's you have one chance, and that one chance can mean the whole series where you advance or go home. You know? Yeah, it, it's you don't know what America you're going to get, and, and that's, that's what's worrisome. And the uncertainty level is so high that it's that it makes it kind of worrying for the Ligia, if you know what I'm trying to say. No, no, I, I agree with you exactly because it's it's you don't know what team you're gonna play. You like you said, our we should have a set style by now. But even before we have a set style, we should have a set starting eleven by this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you're 100 percent sure who's playing center back and who's playing left mid come Thursday. I don't know. And that's the thing. That's the that's the question that we've asked so many times. What we want is a team that can go out there and play. But for you to have that, you need to have chemistry. You need to have 17 games under your belt where at least 40% of those, your your final certain 11 should have played with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, back to that question, that, that, that word, consistency, is what we're looking for in this team. And we don't know what we're going to get on Thursday. No, we're not. And also the the point you make about the starting 11, you know, maybe this Veracruz game should have been that, I guess, practice game in a sense. No, again, no disrespect to Veracruz, but that should have been our game to test out an 11 that you will put out on Thursday just to get each other, you know, familiarize with each other. And in case you do have a chance, you know, you have more chemistry. And then, then later it could, lead, it could lead to a greater chance of scoring the goal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and now let's talk about actually the players itself in this game because I think, like you, you mentioned, I, I'm very surprised we have 31 shots and I'm very surprised we got four goals because there were at least a handful of players that I could name that had a very poor game in my in, in my eyes. And we'll start at the back. Paola Aguilar looked very, very poor. He didn't yeah, look he, like himself. He looked shaky, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just when he thought he was coming back. Exactly. And, and and I don't know if it was because he thought, okay, we're playing against Veracruz. We already scored a goal right away. It, it, maybe he got a bit overconfident. I don't know exactly what it was. But at, at this point, you can't risk losing rhythm. And, yeah. and and you would imagine someone of his kind of caliber and his experience would kind of know that. And that that was, that was uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was him that, that uh, gave away the penalty to Veracruz, right? Correct. I mean, the penalty, yes, it was a bit shaky. I yeah, don't know whether yeah. it was or not. I'm, uh, we're not going to get into that discussion. I, I think at the end of the day, it was marked. It was marked. As simple as that. But uh, for him to get beat like that, that's exactly. the, that's that's my concern. Yeah, it's worrisome, to say the least. I mean, the center back partnership, I, I, I think they didn't, they were non-existent, but because really Veracruz didn't really push him to, to the limit. Of course, Aguilera will be defined with his goal. And, um, and then, of course, Georgie Sanchez. Uh, again, another player that didn't have to do much, so there was no reason to kind of, you know, keep an eye on him, uh, even though he was coming back after that hand injury, uh, which I thought was pretty funny that Cecilio Dominguez told him to to take out a throw-in, knowing that he, he literally has a cast on. <laughs> he, he only has fingers. <laughs> like, and his fingers aren't all the way out, too. So it's just like, why are you risking that? Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, but, yeah, again, he was a bit no reason why we need to focus so much on him. It was the midfield up where I had the issues. Uh, you look at Mateo Suribe again, too quiet for me this game. In, in a game where you thought, okay, against Veracruz, you want to have a player like Mateo Suribe gain confidence. Mm-hmm. Didn't see enough from that from him. Didn't yeah. see. Enough. I think I think I think he had some moments, but then again, you know, that's you, you know what you can expect from him, and he's not reaching that. He's not. 
He's not. I mean, Guido had a good game. No questions asked there. Even gets himself a goal. I didn't, and I don't even think the goal was the highlight of his game. Again, it was just how well he orchestrated the midfield and how well he kept it. And then you move over to the left-hand side, Cecilio Dominguez. Now, I throw it to you, Christian. Did you think Cecilio Dominguez did enough to merit a start this Thursday? Or was he, again, just this kind of poor Cecilio Dominguez? I mean, listen, it's kind of hard to rate Cecilio Dominguez judging our opponent. For my standards against Veracruz, I think he did a very good job. But like I said, you know, this is against Veracruz. You know, I think you could put uh, Ibarguen there or even Tony Lopez there, and then they probably would have done the same things as Cecilio did, you know? So, I mean... For that game itself, I think he did a good job. And if we're going to base it off this game, then, yeah, he does deserve the start on Thursday. Even after missing that penalty? Even after missing the penalty, yes. Okay. Quick, wait, uh, quick side note. Was he body going hurt this game? I, I forgot. Yes. No, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, he was, right? Like, knocked up a little bit? Yeah, I believe so. No, actually, he was on the bench. He, he was on the bench, right? But no, he, he was. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. Okay, okay. No, I, I, just, I, I just forgot. Okay. Actually, I don't know if he was hurt. Um, damn, that's a good question. We'll, yeah, we'll so have to figure it out. Where, where's Larisaka when you need them? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, right? It, it, dial one eight hundred Larisaka to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, I think you're right. In a sense, either Ibarwin or or Cecilio Dominguez against this Veracruz team probably would have had a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you look over at the right hand side and you have Renato Ibarra, um, a player that me and you talked about, Christian, last week's pod. Uh, a lot of people kind of questioning whether or not his uh, his time at uh, America was over. Even the even the, uh, the commentators were even having that discussion, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it it was interesting to see that this kind of has picked up traction. And then, of course, now recently with this rumor of Julio Furch probably coming in and using a swap deal for Renato Ibarra and Ibarguen, mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, and my question is. After the after a game, yes, I get it. It's still same standards as as Cecilio Dominguez. It was against Veracruz, but I mean, I think he had a much better game than Cecilio Dominguez this game. Oh, definitely, especially with that golazo that he did. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and you know, I I think you're trying to see Renato, you know, gain a little bit more confidence. I guess you know he 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 likes to be in control of the play more. You know, he 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 demands the ball more rather than us like looking for it and like. So, like, in previous games, you would see our our midfield, you know, like, look for him, and he'll just stand there. He, like, he won't really, like, demand for the ball. But in this game, I saw him, like, asking for the ball a lot, and I think he kind of feels like he knows he can make a, a change in the game, you know, like a, a great impact. And and we'll all, we'll all say what a goal he scored, right? Oh. Um, but if you notice, in, in the other two free kicks that we had before that, he, he wanted him. Yeah. He wanted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they told him no, and uh, they finally <laughs> gave him that one. And oh my god, what a, <laughs> what a what a way to close out the game! Oh, uh, that was a super goal. So then, now moving even more forward, you we go to our forwards since so, two players we already talked about, Roger and Oribe, non existent for most of the match. For most of the match, yes. Then you bring in substitutions, you brought in the likes of Diego Linus at halftime, right? Yeah, yes, halftime, yeah. Diego Linus, yes. Diego Linus really? had a full 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Mine. I don't think he had a better game than maybe Cecilio Dominguez. I think they were a par. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The same. Yeah. Worrisome thing because it is. this kid left to the Mexico under 20s in 
tremendous form. He comes he back, never. comes back, and he's just—he he looks like he's just trying to pick it back up. Yeah, but maybe this was the game to do it. Maybe he was, and, and I think that's why Bielho gave him the forty-five. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He probably has plans for him on Thursday, and he just wants him to get back in the rhythm of things. Exactly. Which I completely agree with. It's fine. Which could be interesting to see maybe Oribe gets dropped and Linus gets put in that cam spot. We'll talk about it, though. We'll talk no, about it because that's a possibility for not just Thursday, probably even Sunday. Yes. Mm-hmm. But And then we have Roger, who um, who, who played the full 90. That I think this F- is one of his better games. Roger, yes. Yeah, yeah but the also, but we keep going back to this thing. He didn't produce enough in, in the oh, sense yeah. uh-huh. that he's our main track. And then you bring on Henry Martin. Yes. Is this someone that we have kind of this love-hate relationship in, in on this podcast, and some people have duly noted that. Um, look, I have nothing against Henry. I don't either. And and I, I just want the best for this guy, especially in an America jersey. But he's not producing when he has enough minutes to do so. Granted, yes, he has 10 minutes here, five minutes here, eight minutes there. I can't ask him to score a hat trick within that time frame, especially against his very tough opponents. But you, you get a full 20, 30 minutes. A, in a team in on a side like Veracruz in, in a game where you're you're up a man and you got more than open space and you're telling me you and Roger can't do anything enough to find the back of the net? Didn't he hit the crossbar yeah. once? Yep. Or yeah, or the post. I can't remember which one, but I remember it getting pretty close. I mean, I don't know what Henry needs. Does he need like Olympia? Do, do you got <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he needs at this point. Uh, Actually, that's a very good point. I just noticed that for the whole second half, we were up a man, but only managed to score one goal. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really that's what I, yeah. that's what I yeah, was talking about. And, <laughs> and then and then especially whenever you look back at a uh, Henry, whenever he was really close to scoring, mm-hmm. or that key, but like instead of him trying to put it on goal or put it back inside the box of somebody, it just hits the keeper instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I just noticed that actually. That's like I said, like I, I don't I don't know what this team needs. Okay, and then I guess this is a perfect segment into talking about this. We finish as the most high scoring team in the league. What do yes. you guys take of that? I mean, um, it, it, oh, we, we don't have a constant score despite yeah. despite uh people can argue like, "Oh, you know, nobody's being selfish." The ball's getting passed around for other scores. But, I mean, if you go back and look at it, how many goals have we scored off for set pieces? And, it's, and we can say it's a it's a pretty good chunk of the goals we scored. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you look at it too, only 10 goals have come from our forwards. That includes Henry, Roger, and Oribe. And that's 10. And we scored 33 goals. So that means the other 23 have come for players that are not forwards. Right. And, and we talked about this, Dylan. Me and you were having a chat about this. How is it that only ten of those goals come from your strikers? Oh, and that was a tweet, right? Yeah, because I saw a tweet about the breakdown of the of the goals. I was trying to look for it. It was ten of the strikers, fifteen midfield, okay. eight defenders. Yes, I'm sure that was the breakdown. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so 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 that's the breakdown, right? That's the breakdown. Yes. Now you think you think fifteen goals for a midfield? That's great. That's wonderful. That that is that's phenomenal. That's what you want to see from mid, yeah. a midfield mm-hmm. from America. Yes. Yeah. Eight goals from defenders, perfect. It's exactly a little higher than what anyone else would expect. But hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Ten goals from your strikers, and, and from within three, 
three strikers, Henry, Roger, and Oribe. Mm-hmm. They got 10 goals. And you would have been, okay, they all got, one got four, the other one got, they both got three. No. Oribe Peralta had five. Mm-hmm. Roger had three. Three, yes. Henry had two. Two, yes. Now you think to yourself, well, I mean, that's not bad numbers. But, yeah, that's not bad numbers if you're talking about a midfield. If you mm-hmm. talk about your midfielders getting 10 goals. Yeah. It should be your forwards getting the 15. The 15. Your midfield getting the 10. 10. Yes. Right? It's, it's worrisome to see your defenders getting almost the same amount of goals as your strikers. And that's the worst. And, and I was talking to Dylan about this. It's like, yeah, look, you can make the argument all you want that this is phenomenal for America. The fact that your your team is getting spread around with goals. But you need you need someone. You need a clinical finisher. I don't care how much you really want to 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 say that you know as a team you should all be scoring, but I think the forward's job is simple. It, it, it yeah. literally is a description that says score goals. Literally, mm-hmm. is his job description. And if you're not doing that, what's what are you doing then? And you then, feel like you're taking up space, right? People make the argument that the defenders only have goals because of the set pieces. Well, yes, you can make that argument. But you only get a handful of set pieces per game. The 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 strikers are, are up there trying to produce a goal for the whole ninety minutes. You know, you're not gonna have a set piece every every five minutes, and then a defender can score a goal from there. You know, it's a very limited amount to what they can score. So that that's also worrying some that you know your defenders have a limited time in front of the net and they're producing the same amount of goals as you in ninety minutes. It's um, yeah, it's not good. It's shocking because. Uh- you can't even say, well, the midfield's not producing enough balls up front. You know, it's not like the midfield is giving you key passes. How is mm-hmm. it if if the midfield is scoring goals, they're more than sure putting good passes. Producing. They're, they're mm-hmm. more than sure producing something for you to finish. Exactly. It's yeah. the fact that you're not. And it's, like we said, it's worrisome because you want someone that you can say, okay, could you imagine this America team having a clinical goal scorer? I'm not even talking Gignac numbers. I'm, I'm just talking seven, eight, nine goals this season. Mm-hmm. Just a striker alone to have that kind of numbers and to be that kind of presence in the box. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what that would do for for the team? How much more confident we would be going into this Ligia? And we wouldn't even be straying away from all this talking about whether if the team is ready, whether the chemistry is there, whether we know what's going to be played. You would know for a certainty, well, this guy's on fire. This guy's on roll. Let's get him the ball. Mm -hmm. We don't have that right now. Just funny thing you mentioned Gignac, right? The top scorer of the league, Tigres as a team has 32 goals with Gignac on. We have 33 without a Gignac. So imagine if we did have someone like him or putting up numbers, you know, close to him, we, we would be up and past the 40 we, mark. We we could have easily, easily if taken for a spot, we would have easily streamed yeah. through the league. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, people underestimate the fact that, you know, our strikers – aren't doing their job basically and then they hate on comments like henry shouldn't be playing anymore or he should retire we should sell roger you know yes those comments are kind of excessive yes but you know to to a point they kind of you know raise an eyebrow like you know what maybe you're right these kids these guys need to step it up more because you guys are our strikers now dylan i'm curious to to hear what you have to say because when, when we were discussing this I, I i think you um you you kind of shared some similarities with what i was saying yeah, yeah, most definitely too. And you know, it's just we haven't like we have to think we've asked too. When are we gonna have this ten ten goal score 
every season and uh, and up and do it in the club suit. And we haven't. Um, I can't remember the last time, to be honest, whenever somebody scored 10 goals. Um, but that's something that we need. We don't have really that, that person to depend on to score these goals, really, as, that, as a forward. I mean, we extended Oribe. We brought in Roger. And, I, and I've, I've, you've heard me complain before, you know, Henry was doing so good. Menes comes and then Piojo's going to pick Menes over Henry. And, you know, I can understand why, but still it kind of frustrates me to bench somebody who who's doing good in the, in the Clausura just to get benched. And then, you know, it's, it's just frustrating to see this because now, you know, people can speculate or you can, and I'm saying that people will, but, you know, people will be like, well, what would it be like if Menes was still with this team right now if he never towards ACL? You know, and I think it would be different, you know, especially since we've always complimented the the – Oribe and Menes partnership as it was growing toward the end of the lawsuit, and then Menes gets hurt, and you see it kind of on the decline. And then, you know, now he's injured again, and, you know, you don't have him. And so, you know, who who is going to step up? You ask that question. And to me, a little bit, you never saw nobody step up and did what Menes did in the lawsuit. And so that's just the worrisome part, too. I mean, the midfielders seem like they're making making these chances, but then again, we've always criticized the creativity going forward and the decision making in the final third. And so that's just some some parts of the area that this team needs to approve. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to really finding that person and finishing the chances that we had. Because we can go back and listen to every episode we had this season, and we'll, we'll always find a way to find a spot in the game that we review that we had a chance. We never took it or we just can't finish because we don't have our finishing boots on. Yeah. And that's, I think that's been the talk of the, uh, of the podcast for a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's interesting because a lot of people uh, will make the argument that this team is, is, is fine without that lethal goal scorer, because like a good friend, Chris 45 says, France won the world cup with their strikers scoring zero goals. And what I say to that is yes, but in a short time frame. You had a month, a month in which you had to play your best game. How many months did uh, America have this Liga Mekis? August, September, October, November, and then so four and a half, I guess. That's about four months. Four months. Four months. Four months. In a span of four months, I would expect more. In a month time, okay, I could see why. Granted, I, some people will say wingers can sometimes act as strikers, but in, even then, in a month's time, yeah, that that's a possibility. France showed us that that's a possibility, you know, and that's great teamwork, and and that's what we want for this America team, a great teamwork, which we we have some of that, but you also want a lethal striker because when it comes down to a match in which two teams are pit against each other who are very equal. In, in skill and level. And I'm talking about maybe a possible final between America and Cruz Azul, which I hear that a lot. Could you imagine that game being very tight, like it was in the Azteca, like like in, in, in October? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that game? What a lethal clinical finisher can do when he gets mm-hmm. just one, just one opportunity. That's all he needs. You know, because you think if, if Roger gets one opportunity, I, you, you think it's going 50-50 at this point. I think you can say that with all strikers that we have right now. Exactly. It's just if it, we need a lethal clinic, clinical finisher, and hopefully we get that next transfer window. Hopefully Roger can be that in mm-hmm. the Clausura, but 
for now, yes, for now, I know we're, we, we need to work with what we got. And, and am I more than confident with what we have? Of course I do, because I can still, these players can turn it on like that. But from what they've showed us to this point, it doesn't seem to be the case. Right. Preach. <laughs> we'll try to do so. Try to do so. Well, uh, I think we rambled enough about this Veracruz and, and this America side. We're going to talk Liguilla now in a little bit. But uh, before that, let's kind of wrap this up. Gentlemen, how do you, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll say my saying, uh, you know, th- it was good. Probably could have been better. But, you know, you're still happy with the with the way the team closes it out in the end, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It's always good to close the season on a winning note. More importantly, a goal fest winning note. I'm confident it was a good showing, but like you said, the strikers, man, we need we need more from them. Dylan? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, it was it was still a good showing, you know, uh, a great way to end on a high note. Just, you know, what team are we going to get Thursday is still the question that's in my mind. And um, I was going to say something else, but it slipped my mind. Uh, maybe it'll, maybe we'll come back to you. Maybe we'll come back to you. All right, well, that does it. America won 4-1, to and now we're going to move on into the next segment. Before we talk Liguilla, Christian, I believe it's time for these people to get their trivia question. As we edge closer to the end of the season, make sure you guys do come join us during these live shows because, again, you guys get these opportunities to be in touch with the trivia questions. All right, Christian, take it away. What is tonight's trivia question? I guess goal scoring seems to be the topic of the podcast, not knowing so because I come up with these questions beforehand. So it's funny that today's question is, who was the last America player to be the top scorer of the Liga MX? Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. We know, we know Dylan can't answer this question because yes. he, just literally, he literally said not that long ago that he couldn't remember the last time. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going like this. Hopefully you guys saw me. Because that wasn't gonna be the question, but yeah, that is tonight's question. And I had and I had someone in mind, but you know, I will I, I will keep it to myself. You can type it in chat. And I'll let you know. Okay, I think it was um, it was Hobie Bermudez. It was Hobie Bermudez, or it was Chema Cardenas. Either one of those two. Okay. <laughs> I think it was Mina. Dylan, I don't know if you caught last podcast, uh, but <laughs> but me and Christian literally just told the world that uh, yeah, we kind of answered for you. Our best of buds. Mm-hmm. What? That you and me are like best of friends. <laughs> Why? Why would you say that? Well, because you know you you two have a very good relationship. You guys always what WhatsApp each other. You know, funny enough that sometimes I find that your your Snapchat emoji is uh, down in Ecuador. Funny enough, where he's from. Oh my gosh! So I mean, <laughs> you tell me. It's complicated. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm recruiting for the podcast. <laughs> uh but all right. There's your question. Make sure you guys go answer. You guys have an hour. Make sure you guys go get those points. Again, I can only imagine how tight it's getting up, up at the top. I haven't yeah. seen. This. I haven't it's seen. Getting, it's getting very, very close, and especially these questions because they are worth double. So you keep answering these questions, you keep getting your points, and you can be walking away with the prize, which, to remind everybody again, it will be a jersey of your choice and one of the new era hats that just came out. So keep answering the questions. Thank you for stopping by, and hopefully um, you guys can win the prize. 
You guys are gonna look icy, icy with that new hat. If uh, if my slang is correct, I hope it is. I, I googled I it right before we, we we hopped on the podcast just for that reason alone. But let's I move on. Stop chopping like the young folks. Yeah, well, you know what? You get to my age, and you know it's it's either you start, you either join them or you get left behind. Mm. <laughs> that is true. Ain't trying to get left behind. Not yet. Not yet. So trying to make my way. Uh, but let's move on into the next segment, the biggest segment, of course. We're going to be breaking down the Ligia, which I think we kind of did already in the beginning. It's Ligia time. Woo! La fiesta grande del fútbol mexicano. Exactly. Like Christian has just said, it is the big time. It is the big boy party for Liga Mekis. Ah, what? I mean, we were here not too long ago, six months ago. You and me, Dylan. Six months before that, we were also here. Talk not on the UI podcast, but on just a regular Club America podcast. We decided to do um, talking Ligia. Six months ago. Six months ago was the Clausura. Yeah, but that's when we had the Iguai. Yeah, but then a year ago. Oh, I didn't hear you say a year ago. You threw me mm. off. I got thrown off. Oh well, then now you know. Point is, I we've did. been here two times yes. already. Been here. And we've seen this team two times get knocked out of the semifinals. You would think third time's a charm. That was fun. That was not fun. That was not fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> At least the Tigres. No, you know what? They were both bad. I, if you told me which one hurt more, Tigres or Santos, they, they both, both hurt. hurt because Tigres knocked the knock, knocked us out of the ballpark. Santos, we were so close for, to the comeback and just so got ripped there. right under us. Mm-hmm. So they both hurt. They yeah. both hurt. But if you tell me what's going to feel better, Making into the final this season would exactly be what we need. But before we can even think that far out, Ooh, we need to take a step a by long step. Way to go. And we need to focus on what's going to be going down this Thursday. So for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who haven't been paying attention, we have said it like 15 times already. America has a uh, a quarterfinal opponent. It is against Toluca. So dun, America dun, will dun. be turning back to the Estadio Nemesio Diaz this Thursday. We up against Toluca. America finished second place in the table, so that means we have home field advantage for every single game this season. Whether we Cruz Azul makes it to the final or not, we will still have home field advantage because I don't care what you say. We're going to be playing in the Azteca, so America is going to be at home. Whether Cruz Azul is just slapped in the front before America, it's still going to be our home stadium. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, that's very good because the tiebreaker in case of goal of, of the away goals being kind of together, equal, that means that the tiebreaker is table position. Table position, yes. And since America is second place for the quarterfinals and the semifinals, that is the tiebreaker. Of course, there is no such thing as away goals or table, uh, the table rule in the mm-hmm. final. That's a whole different story. That's a whole different animal. But like I said, Focus on, on, on this game ahead first. Toluca, gentlemen, how do you feel? I, we were just kind of all texting each other, kind of going back and forth. What was it? Who are we going to get? Yeah, what yeah. was the best outcome? And maybe we did get the best outcome because I, we'll talk about it right now. This Ligia is by far one of the toughest Ligias in a while. This is the same exact Ligia as last year, minus Tijuana plus Cruz Azul. Literally the same exact seven. Yep. So it's always, always a tough time when it comes to Ligia. I think you put it perfectly, Ivan, at the beginning of the show. This is Ligia time. No opponent is easy. So considering the circumstances that we had, 
we could have gotten some scary opponents. We could have gotten Tigres. We could have gotten Monterrey. We could have gotten Santos or Pumas, teams that are playing very well right now. And I guess, so to say, other than, than I guess, Querétaro, you kind of say Toluca was the choice we kind of wanted out of those teams. But now here's my thing. It's, it's I, I think... At this point, so what? I mean, whoever we got, in, we're eventually gonna have to face someone really good if we get past this, right? So, but I guess the thing is to get our feet wet with the team that you would think won. seventeen games would have been enough to get. But the, it's not this though. Team That's the wet. problem with us this season. So it's not. So you know, Toluca. But yes, I agree with you. Now, did we get the lucky draw there? I think we did. Like I you mentioned, I think we did. Yeah. Now is. Can we take care of business? Now, I don't know about you, gentlemen, but Toluca has never been an easy opponent for America. True. No. They've always seemed to find a way to make it make life difficult for us. Do you remember the game this regular season? We drew 1-1. One, yes, 1-1. One. One, one. In the Estadio Seca. We can, we they had down. scored a minute and something into the game. Yes, we looked like terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worried. Really worried about that still. And then you look at the fact that, yeah, they haven't been playing their best football. They just came off a loss against Lobos Buap. And they haven't won. They've won one game out of the last five. Exactly. And this is three losses. This reminds me a lot about the situation of uh, Piojo's America side that went on to win the league. They get a team, a very good Pachuca side, in the quarterfinals. Though that Pachuca side was not the best form coming into the Liga. Mm-hmm. America takes care of business away at the Hidalgo, meaning that when it comes down to the Estadio Seca game, they don't really got to do much. Mm-hmm. You'd expect the same thing to happen on Thursday. Right. Right? Yes. You'd want you, that. You want that, yes. It would be very ideal to walk away with a result on Thursday. Now let's talk about what is a result on Thursday. What is a decent that you walk out of there and you say, yes, I like it. We can go with this. Because a lot of people, a lot of people will argue a 1-1 is a result. A Gentlemen, is a 1-1 at away on Thursday, Estadio Nomesio Diaz, a result for our Aguilas? Yes or no? Yes. Kind of. Kind of. Mm, I mean, I mean, I the way goes good. good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I say a yeah, lot of people that, that's, will yeah, say that's that. that it's yeah. kind of like you're winning 2-1 at that point. Yes. But I'll tell you this much. I much rather would have a victory over. Oh, I mean, yes, but that's the, uh, that's the obvious answer though. We would obviously love to have a victory. Yes. But for me, a one, one isn't a, isn't a result for me. Mm. One, one is worrisome because I know what the Lucas capable of doing at this test. Because they showed us what they're capable of doing, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want this team to walk out of the Stadio Nemesia with a victory. I don't care whether they play beautiful or ugly. If they walk away with a goal and a victory, and maybe it was the most controversial game in history, but they still walk <laughs> away with it, I, I take it away as, 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 as a job well done. It doesn't matter how you got the result, but you got it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And, and I don't know if that's the mindset going into this. I don't know if, what the team is going into this with, but... Um, I think they need to know that, look, this is this is a decent Toluca side. Decent. It's not the best Toluca team. We just played in their home stadium. Mm-hmm. We know what the atmosphere is going to look like. Let's go out. Let's get the job done. 
and let's walk away and let's take it easy on Sunday. Right. Whether or not we're going to get that, like we said, it all depends on what America team, America side we're going to get on uh, on Thursday. I see where exactly. you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I see where you're coming from. Yes. And now talking about that, let's 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 try to break it down. Who or exactly what team will we see come Thursday, gentlemen? Give me your predicted lineup for what what's what's to come Thursday. I, I'll I'll drop it off to you first, Dylan, and then Christian. You can add on or or take away from his. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with Marchesin in goal, Aylad, Edson. This might be a little controversial, but I think I'm gonna go. With Bruno Valdez, Sanchez, uh, Nati Ibarra, Uribe, Guido, Ibarguen, and I think it's going to stick with Uribe and Roger. So. Okay. Christian? I think I would have to switch Bruno and I would put Aguilera in. I would switch Ibarguen and put Cecilio in. And yeah, Rajan or Reeve up top. Yeah, that seems to be the combo. You know, you know where, where Christian where Christian put it. Like I was legit thinking the same thing. I was like, <laughs> I because I, I could see it either way. Still, like I really but, can. I mean, basically, what came out on Veracruz will come out against Toluca. That makes sense too. That makes sense too. I I said it before. I think that this was the the game to test the lineup you will play on Thursday, and that's what I'm sticking with. What if I throw you guys a curveball and I tell you that the part, the center back partnership is uh, Bruno Valdez and Aguilera? Riot. Mm, I wouldn't believe you. I've been out. But it's an Alberta starts. Hmm. So you're taking Guido out? Nope. You're taking Mateo Suriba out? Mm, I wouldn't do that. That's a possibility. It's a possibility, yes, but me personally, I would not do that. You're giving you're giving to Luca. Control of the midfield. No, I'm giving Luca. I'm giving to Luca control of their half. Mm. I'm not giving them control of the midfield because since in in the midfield, I'm gonna have two people that are gonna stay very very deep in Guido and Edson. Now that's yeah. something that we've criticized a lot because then yeah. you kind of we're playing too defensive, and I don't like that, especially against Luca. Yeah, but mm-hmm. here's why I tell you this might happen is because what's the one thing Piojo loves to do in these situations when you're at an away game. We already know how he's going to come out and play. That's if we get a goal first. No, that's not if we get a goal. That is how we, we're going to come in. We're going to soak up the pressure. We're going to try to relieve it on the counter. We're going to use and abuse the wings. And it would make sense for me to think that Piojo would take out Mateo Suribe, put in Edson Alvarez, so that way you're able to soak up more in the midfield without giving too much up. And you're just going to use use and abuse the counterattack, right? This, which is why I say it's a possibility. Now I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think, yeah, you're you're spot on, Christian. I, I think the team that came out against Veracruz will most likely be the team we see on Thursday, with maybe the exception of one player at the most. Mm-hmm. That is it. Well, who would that one player maybe? I don't know. And it, for all I know, he could uh, he could re- recall Osmar Maris and put him in goal. You know, it's it, it could be it could be that, but I think for the most part, you guys are, are spot on. We might see that. Now, saying that we do, and knowing how Piojo is, do you guys agree that we're gonna come out and play 
to soak up the pressure and relieve on the counter, or do you think we're going to take the game to Toluca? Ah, oh, man, I don't know, man. I honestly mean, think you, you only answer that if you know how the team is going to come out and play. Is everybody going to come out and actually play, or are some players going to come out just to diddle-daddle and just walk around the pitch? I mean, I'm, it's the yeah. I'd expect yeah, I, yeah. You would expect you would expect that, but but then again, like we've already even said that whenever we're talking about the Veracruz game, you know what team are we going to get against the Luca Thursday? I mean, we don't know that either. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've seen games too where America oh fast coming out strong, putting on the pressure, and then you've seen too where they just fall off fall off the pitch, and like you know sometimes they don't know what they're doing. Now, do you think that's a possible? Not, I'm not saying. Do you think that's a possibility? Do you think that will happen on Thursday, or do you finally think this America team is going to come out and play to prove? I think they're going to come out and play to prove. I think we all will, think, want, yeah. will want the result on Thursday. So, then, in order to get this result, which for me would be that that the victory, how do you come out tactically speaking? Just like how we've always wanted them to come out in the first, the first. Or really the whole game, you know, don't let the team get in the rhythm, you know, get, don't give them the space, pressure them, you know, get those quick one, two goals. And then, you know, just 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 don't let them get in the rhythm, basically. And when we, we preach that all season, I think. Let me take you back to that October game in the Estadio Seca against Toluca. Toluca was smart enough to take the game to us at first. Right, but then but they we slowed did down. It. But then yeah. they slowed down tremendously and we took over the game. After the, after the Alexis Vega goal... Give them ten more minutes, and after the ten minutes, that w- that game was all ours. Yeah. But did you notice what America started doing differently? Well, we put it to the wings a lot. Not just that, but we held the ball and we moved it around to our liking, not to Toluca's, to our liking. So we, we take control of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Through, our, through our midfield. You need so to pass need, the ball. So we need Mateo Suribe. Right, Edson's a good because pass. because I don't think we can take control of midfield like we did against them at the Estateca with Edson Alvarez and Guido Rodriguez playing so back. I don't think that's a possibility. Yeah, be, yeah, exactly because because you know you know Edson can play center back and you know at times whenever it's just Guido that's just playing in that holding role, you see him sit in between whoever the two center backs are, and so it, so imagine if that was if that was them too. So I I, I don't really see Edson starting in this holding role. Granted, we have seen Guido start to take more of an offensive touch per se. In some plays, you do see him go go on the attack, go and try to create stuff. But I don't know. I just don't think this is the this is um, it's it's hard to say because I don't think this is the game because, for Guido because to do like that. as good as Guido's been all season. What if this is the one game where he has a bad game and trying to be trying to do too much in a sense and trying to create something if the team's not playing well? What if he gets a little bit more frustrated? Okay, listen, Edson, you're you're we're back here. All right, fine, you stay back here. I'm gonna go up a little bit. You get caught, you get caught, uh, caught on a counter attack because we know they have pacey wingers, and then you know we're down a goal and you know things start going out of control and we can't afford a loss on the first leg. I mean, at this point, it's a lot of what ifs, and I get that. And, and, no, definitely. It, it's, and, it's, it's only always, it's, it's only what ifs because, like you said, and, and these are the hardest what ifs because you, it's two games here. Um, but I think if 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 you want to see a good America side come out, then they have to play the most simplest thing in football, which is hold the ball, touch, pass, move, and go. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, take the game to them. Don't settle, even if you get a goal in the, early in the game. Don't settle. 
Mm-hmm. Keep up your game. Keep up the pressure. Move the ball around. You're good money. You're good money. So let's say America walks away with the... Uh, you know what? Before I say that, give me your predictions for, for Thursday. 2-1. 2-1 America? Yeah. Okay. Christian? Well, not going to be easy, though. 2 nothing. Nothing America. Mm-hmm. Okay. For my sakes, I guess just for the example I wanted to use, I'm gonna put one one. Okay. Okay. So let's say let's say America walks away with a one one result. Mm-hmm. Goes to the statistica. Okay. Now is a thing. How do you come out and play? Because you the Luca's gonna come out and, and try to get you because they have to. Mm-hmm. They have, they have to. to exactly. But then that's yeah. when we use their tactic though. That's when maybe we decide for the first time, okay, you know what? We know they're going to be all on us. So maybe we'll have that extra support in the back with Edson Alvarez and Gilles playing together. And then we can catch them on the counter because they're going to be so um, – their mindset will be so much on the attack that, you know, maybe they're going to slip up here uh, here and there. And then that's when our wingers can take over and then our counter will prevail and probably win the game. But my question, my concern is why even give them that opportunity? Because, like you said, they, they have very prolific players on the wings. Right. If you take the game to them in the statistic, just the way you did in the study of the message, and you score a goal, then okay, by all means, sit back, soak up the pressure, and get no, the not even not with the one goal lead. Hell no. Yes, because now you're not up with one. No, not, no, not not even then. I st- I still I still don't like that because we we've seen that happen. How many times? How many times have we have we sat here and when we praise America? Oh, okay, they went 20, 25 minutes taking the game to them, and then they slack off whether they get the goal or not. I mean, no, I mean, it, I mean, this despite it being an away goal, I still don't I still don't like this one nil lead. And you know, we're like, okay, let's sit back and soak up the pressure. No, let's go out and get another one. That is uh, that are is you the talking about the second game or are you talking about the first game? Just, just overall, just overall, because it's it's <laughs> I mean, been like that. Because, because, okay, because, because, like, like I said too, we we've sat here and like, why hasn't, why didn't America come out and press and take the game to them? And then when they do, they only do it for so long, and then they're like, why couldn't they do this for the whole forty-five minutes, ninety minutes? And I guess me, well, I guess I'll speak for myself. I guess I'm being a little bit like hypocritical because we've always had negative things to say when America played this way, Ivan. When we soak the depression relieved it, we always wanted to keep pressuring the opponent because exactly because that's when we feel that America it shines at their best and makes teams uncomfortable. And but, you know what? Maybe maybe that's how we should play, but I don't know. Like you said, it's a lot of what ifs. And yeah, it, it all depends on this result on Thursday. Yeah, exactly. And and just it's kind of like going back, like what I said too. Can this team do it for a, a whole forty five minutes? Can they, we see them do it for a whole ninety minutes? But we've only seen them do, do it like what once or twice maybe. And one of those times being against Veracruz, which you know, no offense, you know, it's Veracruz. But then that, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, why relax after one, despite you know it being in a way goal? But here I go again, though. Let's. We can't assume that America will, will keep up this constant pressure for the whole 90 minutes. We're going to get burned out easily. Yeah. You know, so maybe there are some moments where we can, you know, sit back, you know, soak up the pressure and then relieve it on the counter. That could be a possibility, but you have to choose your moments wisely. You exactly. Can't, you can't do that when we're when we're at the peak of the game, when we're controlling the game. You can't do that. You know, when you when you feel MBO has to be smart about this and don't be so like egotistical, I guess, in a way. 
you're realizing that Toluca is coming at you. They're, they're getting the better chances. Okay, you know what? Let me tell them to relax a little bit, soak it up, and then we'll really encounter for a few. Once I see it, things have slowed down, we go right back under pressure. And then, you know, I guess it's kind of a moment-timed thing that we're going to have to play. But then that's the whole Ligia game. That's what you're going to have to do, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be, a sense, a roller coaster. There's a lot mm-hmm. of ups and downs throughout the fluidity of the match. Right. It's just trying to find that mm-hmm. kind of consistency right. throughout the game. Granted, Something we've been lacking all year. Yes, granted, a game always fluctuates from up and down. Yes. No one team always stays kind of, you know, flatlined. In... Unless unless you're America against Veracruz, where we, you know, we set up here. I mean, there was a point where we dipped a little bit when that penalty came, but... Yeah, um... and then we went right back up, so we're good. Well, you're right. And then, but the thing is, the question here is, it's because, look, I look at the team. At... America, man for man, has a much better roster than Toluca. Yes. I want them to go out and play like that, but it's wow. kind of like the Americanista, Americanista in me that has seen so much and has already felt so much from this team letting me down that I know what I most likely will get from this team mm-hmm. that I'm, exp- I'm, I guess I'm preparing myself for the worst come situation in which we don't play the way we should play, right. especially with the team that we have with the players that we have. Mm-hmm. If we do, I'm, I'm over the moon. And I, I, I can sit here and I can talk to you exactly what America needs to do, what what roles each player has to play. But at the end of the day, it's actually what happens down on Thursday, what happens down on Sunday, right? So America walks away with that 1-1, goes to the Azteca, takes the game to them, and then scores a goal, soaks up the pressure, and then finds a way to, re- to relieve off the counter and get a second goal. I think it's game match set and done. Mm-hmm. And you call it, and you, and you call it a series for the right. quarterfinals, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. So, but it's in theory. It's in theory, theory. yes. And the, obviously, all this is in theory. But mm-hmm. so, what we're saying is, so you guys are going two nil, two one. I will say one nil. America takes it in the Southern Hemisphere. Yes. Mm-hmm. You already said one one. I said for the sake of my example, moving forward. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going one nil for my prediction, and then in the Southern Seca, I think we. Uh, we take it three, three, one. What's your guys' prediction for the Azteca? I go two, one Azteca. So two zero first leg, and then two one Azteca. I can get, I can get four one America. Okay. I go two, two one again. So you're going four two aggregate. You're going four one, and I'm going four one aggregate. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. Let us know. Let us it's, know what you guys think. Funny how we're how we're imploding a goal fest. Like over two legs, and when, yeah, we were talking whole about hour of this podcast. We said that we don't score enough goals. Set piece, set piece, yeah. key. What is wrong with us? We're um, we're hypocrites. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess that's what it comes down to. But I mean, I guess it's not so much about we don't score goals because we know we kind of do. I guess we we want to see I, more it, from the strike. It's, it's yeah. wrong to say that we're scoring goals from the wrong person, but it's wrong to say that because. Yeah. No one, like, obviously you want everybody. Like, if someone scores, obviously you're going to be happy. But, like, I guess it's more of a striker issue in a sense. I don't think it's a gold issue if, I'm, if you guys know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what we're trying to get at. But mm-hmm. we just we just seem like it's an overall problem yeah. and it's not. Or maybe we're just amateurs and we don't know how to convey ourselves. 
I would hope it's not the latter. <laughs> I would hope that we, we 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 have a way with words, but I mean, then again, I mean, I think this is all a learning curve. Right. Um, I mean, if we didn't, then people wouldn't be listening to us, right? I would hope so. Maybe they just like Dylan's voice. It helps them go to sleep. Oh, true. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right, we're going with that, and then of course, I mean, we'd have to wait. So regardless, it's going to be a spectacle, though. The Ligia always is. It always is. It always is. So, with that said, the boys are feeling confident. I'm feeling confident. Make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter, at EagleIPod, because we will have you guys covered with everything in regards to Ligia. Lineups, we will confirm lineups, and then live tweets, reactions from us in regards to the first leg and second leg, which, uh, by the way, first leg is Thursday night. I believe it is at uh, 5 p.m. Yeah. 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 7 p.m. Central time, and then of course 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. I will be in class for the first le- for the first half. Um, well, only for the first 20 minutes, but then also the drive home. That's I'll miss first half, which sucks. Yeah. Damn, and the Cowboys play. And I'm actually not going to be home for the first like. Uh, oh, don't worry dude. though. We still have you covered though. We, oh, but we still have it covered. Don't worry. We, we still have you covered on everything. Don't worry. That's a matter but of the yeah. second leg though. I'll be home with this America jersey and this America flag sitting in my living room watching the game. Exactly. But we'll have you guys covered with everything. Make sure you guys do follow us like uh, like always. Uh, you guys already know. The closer yeah. we get to a big number, the closer we are to giving back to you guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, make sure you guys do spread the word, spread the love, and uh, also just. Tweet at us, interact with us. We always love talking to you guys, whether it's through the Eagle Eye podcast, whether it's through our own personal Twitter account. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, Christian, we did not answer one question on last week's Q&A uh, we podcast. Uh, and this question was, should Dylan, oh. a.k.a. Cowboy Dan, make an alternative Twitter, at Cowboy Dan, in which he tweets out, as an Americanista slash cowboy. Let us know. What do you guys, would you guys like to see that? Would you like to see all this witty interaction with Mm -hmm. Cowboy Dan and the Americanismo? Dylan, tell them what your bio would read. The rootinest, tootinest America fan in Texas. There you go. What more do you want? It it writes itself. It writes itself. Let us know. I think everyone would it would enjoy it. Everyone would appreciate it. Everyone would love it. I think me and you have been going back and forth on some of the tweets you could have wrote down this Veracruz game. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, Dylan, you should make it happen. I got it. Noted. Are you on it? I'm on it. Mm. All right. Now, before we close out the show, we have to give a huge shout-out to our hashtag Lady Aguilas making it again into the semifinals. Round of applause for our ladies making it all the way to the semifinals again. Now with a very tough opponent, Ooh, as yeah, always, in front tough. of them with Pachuca. Those Las Tuzas. Las Tuzas going up against our Lady Aguilas. Now, if you guys remember this, they, they saw each other maybe not more than, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about in so. which America was winning that game, but then somehow Veracruz, uh, Veracruz, Veracruz. <laughs> uh, we've been talking so much, we've said them so much, it's kind of just kind of stuck in my brain. Um, Las Tuzas, out of nowhere, in the last couple of minutes, just completely flipped the game on its head and then walked away with uh, with a win. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that I mean, 
I think it was like the 89th minute, 88th minute, the girls grow up 2-1. And then all of a sudden, they just come back and like it's 2-2 by the 90th minute. And then like in like the 90, 90th plus 2 minute in that stoppage time, that's when they score the, the third one and put the coffin, put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. I'm just like, gosh, dang it, man. Now, first place was on the line. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Now, how will that play into this? Now, of course, Our Lady Aguilas first half to receive Las Tuzas in uh, Coapa. And then, of course, afterwards, they will be uh, traveling down to Hidalgo trying to make sure they can, you know, cement themselves into the final. Now, there's a possibility that the Lady Aguilas making it into the final could see Las Chivas. Mm-hmm. Chivas or Tigres, right? Yes, yeah. Chivas or yeah. Tigres. Now... And- Reminder that Tigres was the one that eliminated Lady Aguilas last season. Exactly. So, whoever is up on the table, uh, the Lady our Lady Aguilas have a lot kind of going for them. They yes. want to get revenge over uh, Las Tuzas, who took mm-hmm. first place and kind yes. of maybe humiliated them a little bit in That's that last game. If you get Tigres, you want revenge because they, uh, they, they stopped you. Last right? season, yes. Last season. And then... If you have Chivas, mm-hmm. they have a title the final. Run. It's the final of the century for Liga MX. And, and they have won. They have won over you already. Chivas exactly. won the first one. Yeah. So you know you need to tie them up yeah. with all of this rivalry going on. Now mm-hmm. we we are making a promise here on the Eagle Up podcast. If the Lady Aguilas make it into the final, regardless of who it is, we will have a full extended coverage. Of those matches. I have no idea how we're going to get footage. I have no idea how we're going to make it work. But I we am making make a promise on this podcast today. If you see our Lady Aguilas make it into the final, your Eagle Eye boys will dedicate their time and effort to give you the best full coverage mm-hmm. of these two legs in the final. Whether it be Tigres, whether it be Chivas. And of course, if it's Chivas, oof, well, we have something special in store for the ladies. That's all I'm going to say. And actually, a big shout out to the lady like, who actually interact with us over on Twitter. If you guys have noticed that, yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out, huge shout out. So huge. hashtag Lady Aguilas. When do they play, Dylan? Uh, they play this Friday, the thirtieth at three, and the second leg, which will go down to El Algo, will be Monday at six. I remember, yeah, six. Okay, so Friday, you know what to do. First thing you do in the morning, hashtag Lady Aguilas. Monday, first thing you do when you wake up from that hangover from Sunday, first thing you do <laughs> is you tweet hashtag Lady Aguilas. Mm-hmm. Let them know that we're behind them. Ladies, we are fully behind you. And trust me, I could see both these teams lifting a trophy at the end of the season. What a story that would be, now! Both men and women teams lifting the trophy. So let's make it happen. Gentlemen, make sure you guys do your thing. Ladies, as always, keep doing what you do. We love you. We hope. One last thing, taking on the ladies subject, we have to give a shout out to the Mexico U-17 women who will be competing in the semifinal of the U-17 World Cup against Canada tomorrow at 5 Eastern Standard Time. And it's even more of a sweet glory because our own hashtag Lady Aguila in net, JD, had a JD. phenomenal game. Especially in the penalty shootout against Ghana. Yeah. And yeah. then and then uh Julieta Perata scored the winner. Oh yes. And that shootout, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
what a great moment it is. Historic victory. And shout out to Jimena Rios, too, who was also with the U17s. There you go. So our Lady Aguila is doing their best even across the board. Oh, yeah, that equalizer was insane, Chicken Biscuit. I don't know if you guys saw it. That was insane. A long range shot. It was beautiful. Tag me. Tag me. Yeah, I didn't see it. Hey, you know what? I I saw the ladies uh, in Mexico. They they have Canada up next. They have Canada up next. Yes, that that game will be tomorrow. That's not an easy team. Although, if you look at it from a men's side, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's Canada. These Canadian ladies. Yeah, I don't know. That's what they're going for them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Either way, ladies, we love you. Keep doing your thing. Keep pushing for that sport to be worldwide dominant, as we know they can be. Mm-hmm. And like as always, say hashtag Lady Aguilas. Let's go. Hopefully, hopefully, we could be seeing and saying more about them. So, gentlemen, we've come to the end of the podcast. What Let's a show it. it's been. What a game we have in store in regards to Toluca, gentlemen. How are you guys feeling? I'm confident. Yeah. Um, I think we can walk away with the victory. I think this is um, I think this is the year. Yeah, feeling pretty right. good. It's been too long. It has been. It has been too long. Now let's see whether enough whether or not our boys can go out and perform and do their job. Well, we'll be back next week to talk everything and all about Las Aguilas de la America. And as mm-hmm. always, as always, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify if you guys have not. And uh, like I always said, you guys never miss a show on there. And uh, for those of you who are listening through SoundCloud or iTunes, thank you again for everything. Thank and we'll so see much. you guys very, very soon next week actually this thursday when you guys follow us on twitter and we'll have you guys covered with everything all righty then gentlemen as always christian cowboy dan thank you for coming on and being wonderful co-host Woo! it's my favorite time of the day i love it and it's the most wonderful time of the year yes that's right that's true the year is back the year is back all righty then hopefully we can close out and go on into the christmas season and it can give you a nice little early birthday present i'm talking to both you christian and Dylan. Mm, I would love nothing more for our Aguilas to win the title near my birthday. Not on okay. it, it's near it though. All right, gentlemen. Talk to you guys very, very soon. And until next time, as always, you guys take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And we'll see you guys very soon. And as always, Arriba America. <laughs>